from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. For though I am free from all people, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I may gain more. To the Jews I become as a Jew, so that I might gain Jews. To those who are under the law I become as one under the law, who not being under the law myself, so that I might gain those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, I become as one without the law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, so that I may gain those who are without the law. To the weak, I become weak, that I might gain the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that I may by all means save some. I do all things for the sake of the gospel so that I may become a fellow partaker of it. Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. If you're being blessed by this broadcast every week as we study the Bible together and have commentary together, please consider supporting it by coming be, by becoming a monthly Patreon, which you do. Uh, you can find all the links at the website, scriptureandprophecy.com, at the support and donate tab. Or if you're watching on YouTube, it's in the description. Today, we are resuming our study in the Acts of the Apostles. We're ready for chapter 17. This deals with uh, more about Paul's ministry as he goes to Thessalonica. He goes to Berea, and we uh, hear about the Bereans, and that's where we get the phrase, uh, you know, be a good Berean, study like a good Berean, right? Um, so we have that. You know, I, I started the show with Paul's words from 1 Corinthians where he just talks about, I become all things to all people so that I might gain some for Christ, right? So that I might save some. And we really see that uh, lived out here in chapter 17. Paul goes to Athens, which is kind of the cultural center of Greece, uh, where all the philosophy and those kinds of things are uh, really coming from. Not only that, they have idols set up to just about every pagan god that you can dream up. Literally, if there's a pagan god that you want to worship, you could have found it there in Athens. And Paul, being bold, even though he's been imprisoned, even though he's been beaten, even though he's been stoned and left for dead, like all these things, he still gives his entire life to trying to reach lost with the gospel, with the good news of Jesus Christ, a man completely sold out to the cause, willing to pay any cost. Oh, that we would be men and women like that today, but we're far from it. At least, at least I am. So I hope that we would be inspired and encouraged this morning as we read through this story. With that said, 
Let's have a look. Acts chapter 17. Let's begin. Verse 1. Now when they had traveled through Amphilophus and Apollonia, they come to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And according to Paul's custom, he went to them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, who I am proclaiming to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with a large number of the God-fearing Greeks and a number of leading women. But the Jews, becoming jealous, and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. And attacking the house of Jason, they were seeking to bring them out to the people. When they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have upset the world have come here also, and Jason has welcomed them. And they all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another King Jesus. And they stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things. And when they had received a pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. Please note, let's just talk about, you know, the, the main adversary that Paul and the disciples seem to be up against in the book of Acts is the Jews, the unbelieving Jews. And it's important to make a distinction. You know, Paul goes to the synagogue and it says that the, many of the Jews and Greeks and some of the leading women, so it's a mixture of people, Jewish people, Gentile people, they're believing Paul's message. But then you have usually what is kind of like the religious uh, leadership, uh, which as we learn by reading the Gospels, they're not really people of faith, are they? Like they're there for their position, political power, you know, prestige, those types of things. And then when their position, power, authority, oh, Rabbi, please give me your wisdom. When all that's being destroyed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, then they have to start an uproar. And you can see that they could care less about the actual law. That's why they go and they find evil men from the marketplace to stir up lies. And then they, then they themselves bear false witness. You see, they're not interested in actually observing Torah. They're not actually interested in God. Jesus said, if you don't know me, you don't know the Father. That's true then, that's true today. If you deny Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, you are not of God. Plain and simple. And so they stir up the crowds. And they cause a big uproar. And then they decide to let it slide after Jason gives them a pledge. Right? So they extort money from Jason. And that's basically what's taking place in the first couple of verses here in chapter 17. So then Paul moves on to a more uh, noble-minded people in Berea. So if we go to verse 10, The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. 
Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Therefore many of them believed, along with a number of prominent Greek women and men. So let's pause for a moment there. They go to Berea. And these more noble-minded Jews, so they go into the synagogue, and again, it's the same scenario, right? They go into the synagogue of the Jews, and therefore there was many of them that believed, not just the Jews, but also some Greeks and women and men. It says that they studied the scriptures daily to see whether or not these things were so. This is the proper way to be. Um, you should hear preaching and teaching, and then you should go to the scriptures yourself and see whether these things add up. When you listen to me, I hope that you're able to go to what the good news is, is that we're reading the actual Bible. I mean, that's helpful. Uh, I, I mean, how many sermons have you heard? How many preachings have you heard where they say, this is how it's going to play out or this is, but they re they don't use any scripture other than maybe to take a verse out of context here and there. This is how people get confused. This is how people get put on false doctrines. I don't know how many teachings I've heard where it's like a bulk of the information is quotes from books from men. And then occasionally a scripture is used to kind of confirm what the man is teaching through his book. How, how many of you have seen this situation? When it should be the opposite. It should be loads of scripture. And then you can go to a teacher and say, here's a quote from this teacher about all of this load of scripture. But it's been my experience that a lot of this, that this is introverted in many churches. It's usually lots of thoughts and philosophy of men. And then let's take a couple of verses out of context to make that point. And then the people in the pews who are unlearned, untrained with the scriptures, walk out lost, confused, and with a false understanding of what the Bible actually teaches. Let me give you some commentary. Now that we've read a lot of scripture from Matthew Henry, uh, just about this Berean situation. These couple of verses. Here's what he says. He says, The Jews in Berea applied seriously to the study of the word preached unto them. They not only heard Paul preach on the Sabbath, but daily searched the scriptures and compared what they read with the facts related to them. The doctrine of Christ does not fear inquiry. Advocates for his cause desire no more than that people would fully and fairly examine whether things are so or not. Those are truly noble, and likely to be more and more so, who make the scriptures their rule and consult them accordingly. Let me read that one more time, that little sentence. Listen to this. Open up your hearts. This is just truth right here. Those are truly noble and likely to be more and more so who make the scriptures their rule and consult them accordingly. Like when the scriptures are what determines what you think and believe, 
when you look at the world, when you look at people, when you look at circumstances through the lens of Scripture because you study it daily, you're truly noble. Like you've got a real, you've got real wisdom. Finishing off this quote, may all the hearers of the gospel become like those of Berea, receiving the word with readiness of mind and searching the scriptures daily, whether these things preached to them are so. Okay, let's move on to the scripture. So uh, let's just start with verse 11 again. Now these were more noble minded than those in Thessalonica. For they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Verse 12. Therefore, many of them believed, along with a number of prominent Greeks, women, and men. But when the Jews of Thessalonica found out that the word of God had been proclaimed. I'm sorry, let me switch the page here. When they had found out that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul and Berea also. They came there as well, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul out to go as far as the sea, and Silas and Timothy remained there. Now those who escorted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and receiving a commandment for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they left. Now, verse Verse 16. Now, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him as he was observing a city full of idols. So real quick, please note, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Athens, it's that cultural center, the epicenter of philosophers. Um, This is where you would have... I uh, heard things f- including Socrates and Plato and Aristotle and, um, you know, those kind of philosophies. And it also was a city full of idols. Athens was known as a religious center for Greece. So virtually every known deity could be worshipped there. Every false god, every pagan. So this place is godless as godless can be. And this is where Paul finds himself. And when he gets there, his spirit is provoked within him. He's waiting for Silas and Timothy to join him at some point. Uh, but he's, so he's really on his own. And he just can't help himself. Verse 17. So, he was reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews. And the God-fearing Gentiles. In the marketplace every day with those who happened to be present. And also some of the Epicurean and Stotic philosophers were conversing with him. Some were saying, what should this idle babbler wish to say? Others, he seems to be proclaiming, he seems to be a proclaimer of strange deities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. Please know what is, it's important to just see the simplicity of the gospel. What, so Paul's not only in the synagogue, he's going to the marketplace every day. Like, he, he sees this city, we got a problem, I've got to just preach, preach, preach. Well, what's he preach? He preaches this simple message, Jesus and the resurrection, right? Verse 19, And they took him and brought him to Aparagus, saying, 
may we know what this new teaching is which you are proclaiming. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears, so we want to know what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the strangers visiting there used to spend their time in nothing other than telling or hearing something new. Okay, so this is just a culture that just loves to hear some new thing. Does that sound familiar, by the way? Ooh, what's the new thing? What's the new enlightenment that I can hear? You know, nobody wants to hear the old gospel, right? Nobody wants to hear the old path. No, we got to hear, we need, we, need, we need some codes or some new way to understand, some new revelation. Like, our culture is exactly like this. But the good news is, is because they always want to hear something new, they haven't really heard about Jesus and the resurrection, so they're willing to listen to Paul. Here's what happens. Verse 22, So Paul stood in the midst of Aparagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all aspects. Please note, I'm sorry for interrupting. But as you can see, Paul's appealing to what they know, right? What did we read out of 1 Corinthians? I become all things to all people that I might win some for Christ. So Paul stood in the midst of Aparagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all aspects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and all things in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he made from every man, made from one man, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and more and exist, and even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. Being then the children of God, we ought not to think that divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and a thought of man. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. Please note, I just got to stop there. Paul, again, he's, he's speaking their language, right? He's quoting some of their philosophers he's he's speaking to their idols but he's saying look the god there's this god and he's not he's actually not this distant far away thing he's actually very very near in fact he's the creator of all things in fact our very breath is given to him given to us by him like the breath that you're breathing right now is according to god's sovereignty and nothing more Furthermore, he has appointed a day where he's going to judge all humanity in righteousness. And he's going to do this through a man whom he appointed and he declared who he is by raising him from the dead. Speaking of Jesus, verse 32. 
that when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some began to sneer. But others said, We shall hear you again concerning this. So Paul went out of their midst. But some men joined him and, and believed, among whom were Dionys the, the Aeropagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. And so that's how chapter 17 ends. It ends with his sermon on Mars Hill there in Athens. What kind of courage it takes to stand amongst the, uh, in the midst of literally the mo one of the most pagan cities in the Roman Empire and to, and to preach Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. To stand amongst the idols and say, you've all got it wrong. There's actually this unknown God is the real God, but here's how you can know him. Not only that, you can rise from the dead. It says that some heard about the resurrection and sneered, which is an interesting verse. It's interesting and it's something that we can relate to. You know, you say, well, actually, those who believe in Christ, who believe in his death and resurrection, believe that he is the son of God they're going to be saved and on the last day risen from the dead and live for all eternity. And people are like, oh, that's so absurd. Once you're dead, you're dead. And it kind of reminds me of going back to Corinthians again, what Paul says when he says, for the word of the cross, right? So he's talking about the gospel message. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us, who are being saved, it is the power of God. To those who are perishing, to those who are on the highway to destruction, to them this message just sounds absurd. Foolishness, absurdities. But not to us. But not to those of us who are being saved. Not to those of us who are going to rise That's my teaching for this morning. I hope that you've been blessed. I hope you've been strengthened and encouraged. I just pray that we could all be like the Bereans, noble-minded, receiving the word of God with eagerness and willing to take responsibility for our own knowledge and to study the scriptures out ourselves instead of relying on men to teach I mean we act sometimes like we have to be like some of these other religions like we got to go to the teacher we got to go to the master and that's the only way that we can we have been given the word of God and we live in a generation and in a world that's never had greater access and more tools to study God's word than ever before and you would think it would lead us to being all the more zealous for God. and for it's, But instead, we take it for granted. We take it for granted. Let's not do that. Let's be good Bereans. And let's take advantage of the blessing that we have, which is just endless access to God's word. All right. I'll end with that. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.